This episode, we've got all the time in the world to talk about St. Joseph, the church's time, and how we keep time in the church. Our picks of the week are coming up as well. The Catholic Underground starts right now. You have hit play on the Catholic Underground, the podcast, cutting through the noise and bringing you the topics that matter. We hope we're back. It's episode number 437. I am Father Chris Decker, a priest of the Diocese of Baton Rouge in Louisiana. And joining me, we got Kathleen Lee. Hey, Kathleen. Hey, I'm back. That's Whether right. you like it or not. In many and I hope ways, you do. In many ways, Kathleen never left us. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. She's always also, in our hearts. <laughs> it's true. Also always in our hearts. Olivia Galino. Aww. The, uh, the heart-stopping Olivia Galino. Aww. Yeah. That's very sweet. And I mean it. I really do. That's very yeah, sweet. Exactly. Yeah. It causes our hearts to pause. You know what else causes our hearts to pause? As we go up finally to the Jeff Star 1 near-Earth <laughs> orbit satellite, and we find sitting in the chair Jeff Yay. Blackwell. Yes. It is good to be occupying this seat there, Father. Yes, indeed. With, uh, with full vision, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. There uh, yeah. Just near about. Yeah, uh, but uh, and by the way, uh, Kathleen, hey, it's for horses. Oh, uh, now, <laughs> Ed Ball, true, and Ed Ball, of course, in the video zone. The, the ball pit is running. what we like to call it's it. Copyrighted. Why are you trying name? to kill this? Why use, are you trying to kill it? Use its Christian name, because, <laughs> because when I was a child, I went to Chuck E. Cheese. But whenever I became a man, I put a shot aside childish things. That's why. That's all. The ball pit mm. never mm. dies. Did you know that that stands for Charles Entertainment Cheese? I saw you know that, that like no. yesterday. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I used to be terrified of the yeah, animatronics. Actually, we yeah. didn't have Chuck E. Cheese when I was a kid. We had Showbiz Pizza. Oh. It also had an animatronic Rodentia. But, mm. uh, but like, the fact that their mascot is basically like a rat uh-huh. is disconcerting. And it was always yeah. really dark and creepy in there. I did not yeah. like Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I can just see young Olivia. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And I think we can all be glad that uh, that time marches on. Yes, you know? indeed. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, and that's really what uh, St. Paul is getting at whenever he's talking about, look, when we were kids, we did kid things. But whenever we became adults, we put aside those childish things so that we could step into the life of Christ. Yeah. And it's very fitting that uh, that the theme of our show today is we're talking about time and the movement of time. And we should begin the top of the show by saying, if you're watching us in 2021, mm-hmm. or if you're finding us in an archive of videos that have been buried underground for 300 years, uh, 2021 is the year of St. Joseph. Yes. Yay. And it was uh, it was proclaimed by uh, our Holy Father, Pope Francis. And very fittingly, the year of St. Joseph was inaugurated on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception on December 8th of 2020, and it runs all the way through December 8th of 2021. Perfection. Right. So you might be asking yourself, well, what does it mean to have a year of St. Joseph? Like, mm-hmm. uh, what, what does it mean to have a year of St. Joseph? Ex- that's a great question, <laughs> Jeff. And, and that's what we're going to talk about at first, is, is what it means for the church to be able to proclaim a year. And we can go pretty far back to the notion of a jubilee. Mm-hmm. And uh, that this is something that happened well before the church was established by Christ. In the ancient world, jubilees would happen every 25, and I believe every, well, yeah, every 25 years. Mm-hmm. And that was a time for really the, the known world to come together. And there are some things that would denote a Jubilee year. Mm-hmm. The most important thing to note is that debts would be forgiven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in Jubilee years, every 25 years, uh, individual debts between people, would, would they would be forgiven. And then um, monarchs, right, people who were in charge of empires and, and uh, city-states and nation-states, 
they would forgive debts of their neighbors. Mm. Yeah. And this would happen every 25 years. So if you think about it, there was kind of a, a reboot every 25 years wherein as a society we can we can start over together mm. yeah and that like was that. that was built into the ancient world and it was an act of charity mm -hmm. yeah uh, and that is really where the church begins to get her understanding of of the, of the jubilee except it gets kind of turned up to a higher frequency uh, whenever we we note that that the church really if you think about it the catholic church is the only organization that still holds to the jubilee year every yeah. 25 years and not only does does the church encourage secular authorities to forgive debts and forgive one another and to you know not make war with one another, but she also uh, has a special time of being able to have our our spiritual debts forgiven. Yeah. So holy years involve a holy door, mm -hmm. and uh, and those are times in which we pass through the holy door. We're able to receive a plenary indulgence, oh. which means that all the temporal effects, like all the all of the the um, satisfaction that we have to make for the effects of our sins on mm -hmm. others. Uh, those can be wiped away, mm -hmm. yeah. And and so this notion of a of a jubilee in a secular sense really does become something incredibly yeah. beautiful for us. And I love that the church does that in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. You know, she'll take something that has been, you know, maybe um, taken up by the secular world, or even like to to a negative degree taken up by the secular world, and she'll like baptize it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I love that the church is not afraid and has never been afraid to um, enter into the world. Yeah, um, and, and to encounter to, it. Yeah, yeah, and even like, you know, that that's a very Jewish um, mindset of, you know, that they, they thought of the world um, as like... Um, well, like an extension of Adam, mm -hmm. you know, so like, um, there wasn't it's really a really long rib. Yeah. There wasn't like a, a need for, um, for, for us to, you know, distance ourselves from the world because the world is evil. It's going to take us down, but to think of creation and, and things like time and space, um, to that they thought of those as like ways of, of encountering God. Mm -hmm. Um, and so even the way that we celebrate, you know, 25 years passage of time, which, you know, when you think about it is not really, it's kind of nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it's but kind of a quarter of life yeah. of our yeah. life, you know, basically. Uh, but it, it's a chance to kind of return and recalibrate and orient and realize mm -hmm. that like, um, in a spiritual sense, you know, that, that God really does want to be merciful to us. That's right. Mm -hmm. And not to orient it just towards the things of earth, but to orient ourselves once again to God yeah. right. and how beautiful to do that. And so the year of St. Joseph, even though it's not an extraordinary, uh, Jubilee year, as far as I know, um, it, it is a year where we're called to, to really pay attention to the witness, the faithfulness of St. Joseph. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so um, the, the Holy Father actually issues a decree. And the idea is, uh, as he says, right, that every member of the faithful, quote, following his example may strengthen their life of faith daily in the complete fulfillment of God's will, unquote. In fact, if you look at one of the things that Holy Father, the Holy Father established for the third Sunday in ordinary time, the Sunday of the Word of God, that in and of itself is kind of a, a, a tip of the hat to St. Joseph too. Because, I mean, one of the things I love to do is to just kind of imagine in the silence of Joseph what was taking place right. in the home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what what does what does a little boy do? He follows his dad around the house and just blah, talks. You yeah, know? yeah. So how beautiful it was that St. Joseph had to have been one of the first ones to meditate upon the words. Yeah. yeah. Well, what an interesting like dynamic because at the same time, you know, St. Joseph is teaching, the, you know, the young child Jesus how mm -hmm. to how to walk, how to, you know, how to do carpentry stuff, yeah. how to um, you know, how to to 
how to, to pray, how to pray, how mm-hmm. to treat women, how to, you know, like he is at the same time learning because he knows he, you know, it's not like he, he didn't know what was happening. You know, he knows who Jesus is and, and, you know, um, and so he's, he's soaking that all in mm-hmm. as well. Um, and St. Joseph is, I know, you know, Olivia talks about, uh, about her connection with St. Joseph, St. Joseph and I always ha- like, I am loud and I talk a lot (laughs) and there's a lot of noise that comes out of my life, you know, but St. Joseph to me has always been like this saint that's like, Hey, and I'm like, Oh, okay. You know? And so he's, he's constantly been in my life, you know, just being like, be quiet, you know, listen, 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 soak it in, you know, because he doesn't speak in the scriptures Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, but he was such an integral part of, you know, of Jesus's life um, that, you know, it's so, it is really cool to contemplate, to think about what did that look like? What did, you know, what were his thoughts? What was he thinking, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's cool too, that you can see Joseph reflected in Jesus, right? Because like, so much of, you know, growing up, you start to realize, wow, I'm becoming my mom or like, yeah, wow, I'm yeah. becoming my dad, you know, or you'll say something and be like, where did yeah. that come from? And I love Jose Maria Escriva has like a whole chapter in um, Christ is Passing By where he like talks about St. Joseph. And um, I, I love how he talks about like even the way that like Jesus spoke and like the way he told stories, yeah. he would have gotten that from Joseph. Yeah. And then like he said, even his own manner of storytelling. Too. Right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it says, um, Jesus, who is man, who speaks with the accent of a particular district of Israel, who resembles a carpenter called Joseph, is the Son of God. Mm-hmm. Like he 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 is a reflection of God the Father, but he's also a reflection of his parents. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so we do hear Joseph in a certain way through. Jesus through Mary even like when Mary um, especially you know the finding of the child Jesus in the temple she says like your father and I have been searching for you in anguish Um, like he she speaks for them right in that moment and so we we hear Joseph but it's like through his love and attention and influence on the people who know and love him the most and I love that yeah Pope St. Paul the sixth said that St. Joseph uh, concretely expressed his fatherhood by making an offering of himself in love, place at the service of the Messiah, growing into maturity in his home. Mm-hmm. So th- there is this this beautiful uh, image of Saint Joseph by really not saying anything outwardly to us, yeah. is saying paragraphs and paragraphs through how he places himself at the service yeah. of his son, while at the same time Jesus is learning to grow by being obedient to his parents. Right. Yeah. Hmm. You know, the thing about too is like, you know, in a time where there's a lot of people talking about a lot of things and, you know, a lot of times as someone who has, you know, a theology degree, I'm, I'm like, well, I'm a, I'm a theologian, you know, and and like, I'm a Catholic and I have to wear a Catholic t-shirt and blah, 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 you know, and St. Joseph was not about this is who I am. Like, let me tell Mm -hmm. you who I am. Mm -hmm. He was, let me show you. You know, and he and he showed that in, you know, whereas Mary, we hear her. Yes. You know, St. Joseph very, you know, concretely said said without saying a word through his actions. This is my yes. This yeah. is what this is who I am. This is what I'm called to to be and do. Um, and I'm going to do it. And so yeah, his get was, up and go. Was yeah. His yes. And he was he was. That's one thing that I think, you know, for me, when I talk about just his quietness was he spoke volumes in through his actions, yeah. you know, and his faith was in his actions. And sometimes my faith is more in my words yeah. 
mm-hmm. than in my actions. Yeah. You know, and so so that's something that I know definitely this year that I'll be contemplating on is, you know, because we can talk about St. Joseph, you know, the the husband, St. Joseph, the father. And we we, you know, pray for those people who are fathers and husbands in our lives. But what does it mean to me as a woman? You know, what does it mean to me as um, as someone with my personality, as someone who, you know, is loud and crazy? That's what I'll be contemplating on this year is what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to be quiet and to, to live my faith? Yeah. Really. And just as St. Joseph is the protector of the Holy Family, right? He, he preserved them from, from Herod's killing campaign, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. He takes them to Egypt because the angel says, get up and go. Yeah. He's the protector of the Holy Family, but he's also our protector as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Back to one of some of my favorite images of St. Joseph that you see here of him holding St. Peter's at the Vatican, like a little yeah. miniaturized yeah. Virgin, virgin, version of that. Mm-hmm. Whew. <laughs> a lot of double entendres in my language today. But yeah, he's holding a miniature version of St. Peter's yeah. as, as a notion that he's the protector of the universal church. And so that's we, we do recognize St. Joseph as kind of the intercessor for the church universal. Yeah. And so that's one of the, the things that we're called to key in on in this year of St. Joseph is to reaffirm mm. the universality of St. Joseph's patronage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, to, to Catholics who recite an approved prayer act of piety in honor of St. Joseph, especially on March 19th, which is, is his primary feast day, mm-hmm. um, his solemnity, and we'll talk about that in a second, uh, but or, or also May first, which is the feast again of Saint Joseph, but Saint Joseph under the under the patronage of Saint Joseph the Worker, mm-hmm. who was the one who who brought dignity to work. Um, and so, to Catholics who recite a prayer, um, and then uh, pray for the intentions of the Holy Father, uh, go to confession and Holy Communion within usually around a twenty day period uh, of of reciting the prayer. A plenary indulgence can be granted, mm-hmm. and as we talked about, an indulgence is a great gift. That is given to us because just as uh, as the prime minister uh, or a sovereign even um, has the keys to the treasury and the jail, mm-hmm. right? That's what the the crossed keys are all about in the ancient world. And also, surprise, surprise, if you look at the papal emblem, it has crossed yeah. keys, and the pope is given the ability to bind and to loose the doors to spiritual treasuries and the spiritual jail, right? Yeah. And so when we talk about the plenary indulgence, we're, we're saying that the Holy Father is giving us, through all the merits of the saints, all the merits of Christ, he's able to give us this extraordinary gift of, of not having to pay back mm. the effects of our sin. Because we, we have to make good on the effects of our sins. We have to make satisfaction for that. So whenever I sin and I go to confession and I'm truly sorry and I wish not to sin anymore, the sin can be forgiven. The the uh, the thing that separates me from God and from one another can be forgiven. But the, there are still ripple effects that my sin causes, mm-hmm. and so we still have to make atonement for that. And we do that either now, or we do that in in the the age to come. And for us, that that would be purgatory. That's the Catholic understanding of purgatory. Uh, see the Book of Maccabees, mm-hmm. um, and as well as Saint Paul talks about that uh, that there is this notion of being tried as though by fire, mm-hmm. not for damnation, but so that we can be purified. Yeah. Um, and Jesus Himself talks about um, you know in, in one of His parables uh, being handed over to the jailer, and we won't be released until we've paid back the last penny. So mm-hmm. there is this notion yeah. of making good for the effects of what we cause, mm-hmm. and so a plenary indulgence that is granted on these uh, these special years, like the year of Saint Joseph is a gift that's given to us by God through the church so that uh, so that we can get on about the work of becoming saints. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's what God wants for us. Remember, God doesn't want to destroy us. He doesn't want to trip us up. He doesn't want to trick us. It's Satan that's the trickster. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's the accuser, mm -hmm. but it is God that wants to give us every spiritual tool possible yeah. so that we can come to him. Yeah. And the saints have a part to play in that. So yeah. it's kind of neat to join that indulgence with the year of St. Joseph. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's so like, you know, that when they talk about like using um, any like approved prayer to St. Joseph, there are so many good prayers to St. Joseph. And there's even a website, um, I think it's yearofstjoseph.org, where you can we'll look put it up. In the show notes. Yeah, yeah, look up prayers and devotions and all kinds of things, um, things that the saints have to say about St. Joseph. But in his litany, mm -hmm. um, my one of my favorite titles that I've been kind of gravitating towards lately is um, Lover of Poverty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's such a poignant thing to meditate on because, you know, even what you were saying, Father Chris, about how he holds the church in in his uh, in his hands, but it's like, you know, at the chest, like at yeah. the core of him. Over his heart. Yeah. And so. like, it, I love that he has to have an emptiness in him in order to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, he has to even on the, the flight to Saint to um, flight to Egypt. Right. He he got there. He had nothing. He had no way to provide for his family. Right, he had to start all over in a strange place. Yeah, completely unknown. And by the way, my name's Joseph. I do woodworking. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and he allowed that poverty to be the seedbed of the the radical sanctity of their family life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so that's such a mm -hmm. poignant thing, a good thing for us to meditate on because we are so like allergic to poverty of any kind. Yeah. You know, well, that's true we enough. want very much to like fill. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, um, this is just one little kernel of how the church marks time. And so we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the church marking time and, and how she does it and how we can do it. But first, we remind you this time, we are the Catholic Underground. Alrighty, uh, welcome back. We are indeed the Catholic Underground. We are online pretty much all the time, catholicunderground.tv. You can uh, also find us on Twitter, at Cath Underground. I'll tell you this, uh, our Twitter feed, it's got about the same number of followers <laughs> that we had, because you know, there was like there was this great yeah. Twitter purge mm -hmm. last year. Oh, um, yeah. I lost probably about 500 or 600 followers, just like that poof. Yeah, right. I remember that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but Catholic Underground, we've been holding steady at like 2,300 followers. Because wow. we just, we don't engage Twitter that much. We don't do much on there. So you can follow I'll us. I'll take over the Catholic Underground Twitter account. Would you really? I will take it over. Okay. Great. You heard it here, folks. That's you heard right. it. Olivia. I like Twitter. Yeah. Because I don't know if you know this either, but Olivia and Kathleen are now official members of the Catholic Underground Board of Directors. Whoop. So like they, wow. did you know that, Joe? We do I accept yeah, edible arrangements. Are, yeah. Flowers right. are also welcome. Flowers are <laughs> edible, congratulatory. Edible arrangements. <laughs> congratulatory, you know. Yes. That's right. You so, can send it to our boardroom. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, 11924 Sunray Avenue, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, <laughs> 70816. Yeah. All right, we're talking about time, yep. and we, we spoke certainly about what's going on now in, in our lives. Uh, the 2021 is the year of mm -hmm. St. Joseph. But the church always marks time, and she does it on a grand scale you know, within the year. Right. She does it on a smaller scale within the month. Mm -hmm. But even our, our days of the week yeah. and hours of the day mm -hmm. can be sanctified. And so we thought we'd kind of go through that a little bit. Yep. And, and you know, we're not the only ones to do that, right, Olivia? We're, we, we are not the only people that, that mark time. In fact, that was an ancient thing as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But to be able to, to sanctify time yeah. and right. not just mark time. Right. Yeah, and and that's something that um, I think too is an inheritance from our Jewish brothers and sisters, uh, that their concept of time as um, like the the threshold for holiness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, even like the Sabbath day, 
right? Yeah. They considered the Sabbath day to be a kind of um, like a bride, like like yeah. Sabbath. The, the Sabbath was like the picture of the perfect Israel, mm-hmm. and that um, like if you read um, what's his name Heschel, Rabbi Heschel, um, he talks about. Um, that the that's like the picture of what we're supposed to be we're supposed to be at rest with god and um so yeah it's interesting that the lord himself one of the first things that he does when he hands down commandments is he orders them according to time right this day shall you keep i created in this many Mm -hmm. days and so there is this notion of even the lord creating in time yeah wishes for us to keep it holy yeah yeah and that because that's the point of our lives right our, the point of our lives is is to grow closer to god which is then the definition of holiness right mm-hmm. to be set apart and consecrated for god and like the way that we enter into time the way that we spend our time um the way that we allow time to like form us and and draw us in like that matters it's mm-hmm. not something cons- inconsequential and it's not something just circumstantial right um, i remember a long time ago before the first time that i remember really considering the church keeping time was whenever I was asked by my pastor at the time growing up if I would help to be part of the video crew for uh, for the Easter vigil. Mm. Because of the way that our church was situated, we had the baptismal font in the back. And he's like, well, I really would like to have a camera aimed at the baptismal font so that people don't have to contort themselves. And I was like, yeah, sure, that's yeah. neat. I, I do technology things. And um, and for the first few years doing the, that work of you know coming for Holy Week and and learning about Holy Week. And I went, wait a minute, there, something's happening. This happens every year? Yeah. And it was the first time I had really thought about something like Holy Week. It was the first time I'd ever really entered into something. And let me tell you, something happened to me hmm. by going to the Easter Triduum. Hmm. Something happened and all of a sudden I became aware of a calendar that wasn't just getting home at 3.30, you know, watching DuckTales yeah. and eating food of some kind <laughs> that my mom had prepared doing homework, going to bed, waking up, rinsing, and repeat. That secular notion of marking time is limited. Yeah. But when we mark time, we realize that it's coming back around again. Yeah. There's a real grace to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. if the point of our lives is to grow in communion with God, well, then we basically live the life of Christ over and over again Mm -hmm. every year, you know, and every three years we have the complete cycle of readings. And so we're kind of more immersed in the word of God, but every year we celebrate Advent and Lent and Easter and Pentecost, you know, like we, we enter into that every single year Mm -hmm. and it's something that like, it doesn't grow old, you know, it could seem like it might, Mm -hmm. right. But think about like you celebrate your birthday every year. Um, and you are literally growing older, but like it doesn't, it, there's a newness to it because you are right. kind of different every yeah. year. Mm-hmm. You you gather more experience, more perspective, maybe sure. just more of your personality, whatever. And so you, every year you encounter those same readings, those same mysteries in a, a new way. Yeah. Um, and they're inexhaustible in themselves. Right. And then I'm changing too, and right. hopefully growing in holiness. Yeah. And so the encounter is perpetually fruitful. Right. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that why we call it like the living word? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not, it, it does. It, you know, when you talk about, um, you know, lighting the advent candles, it means something very different when you're, you know, gluing them on a on a you know paper plate in kindergarten yeah. Yeah. to when you know when, when you're lighting them in your home yeah when you're lighting them in the home that you've created or mm-hmm. when you're a young adult and you realize 
oh, I it, we're on the pink candle, and I have no idea what I did <laughs> yeah. the last three I'm weeks. I'm totally not prepped yeah, for you know? yeah. and it. Yeah, and it does. Like, you know, when you listen to scripture, I, I try to tell my students this all the time, you know, or people that I do ministry with, the scripture we we overlook it mm-hmm. and sometimes even as adults we can you know what i consider vacation bible school it oh i know this i know i know what happens next and then mm-hmm. two by two the animals can't blah, 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 yeah. right and then we we miss what god is trying to speak to us through that like through that message today mm-hmm. yeah. of where i am sitting right now and yeah. what mess i'm sitting in or what awesomeness i'm sitting in you know what is god telling us today and That's and right. It means something different. You could hear it yesterday and hear it again today and it means something different. And the Mm -hmm. one thing that's common about the theme is that it allows us to be inserted into God actively saving us. Right, yeah. Right, because we're part of salvation history. We're part Mm -hmm. of his story, as as one of my professors like to say. Mm And the way that we mark that and remember it is by keeping the liturgical year. In fact, before the revision of the liturgical calendar in 1970-ish, um, there was, and, and really with 1970, we had the notion of ordinary time and we call it ordinary time, not because it's ordinary, but because it's ordinal, it's counted, yeah. right? So right. this is the third Sunday in ordinary time. The way that that was marked previously was it would have been the, like the second Sunday after epiphany. Yeah. In fact, the Episcopalians uh, still mark it that way. And so you were always in a season either of preparation or a season of feast. Yeah. And so Epiphany, you know, after Epiphany, you're still kind of in a, in a bit of a celebration. And then it shifts to so many days before Lent, right? And then Lent season and then Easter and then the Easter season and then after Pe- Pentecost and then after yeah. Pentecost. And so then you begin to ramp up to Advent. And so there is this notion in the old calendar, certainly, of always being in a preparatory phase of kind of remembering what the Lord has done so that you can truly celebrate the feast. And then you're in a place of feast, you Mm -hmm. know, which is again, why I always say, if you fast and feast with the church, you're going to lose weight and you're actually going to be Mm -hmm. fulfilled in some sense, you know, beyond your own appetites. Mm -hmm. That's part of it is because we're inserting ourselves and God wants us to, we're inserting ourselves into salvation history because that's where we exist. Yeah. We don't just mark time for, you know, until we die. Yeah. Well, it's more incarnational that way. That's right. You know, like Christ obviously becomes flesh and takes Mm -hmm. on human flesh. For a reason. For a reason. And so we have to do that. And one of the ways that, well, the, the, you know, most central way that he did is he entered time. He entered history. Mm -hmm. And he's also beyond history. But we can, the more we enter time, like you were saying, the more we enter into times of feasting and preparation, the more that we take on the flesh of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, because not only we're meditating on the life of Christ, but we're literally doing what he did, yeah. you know? Um, and then we repeat it every year. So even if you ha- are in a certain season where you're just not able to receive things, it's still kind of getting in, but it's just not really sinking mm-hmm. in. You mean well, 2020? Then, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then we're able to, to truly give ourselves over yeah. every year. Yeah. And uh, of course we have to give ourselves over to a break really quick, but, uh, but, but uh, stay right there. We're the Catholic Underground, and we'll be right back. Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve, 
To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. carried away there on the Farfisa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's the Catholic Underground. I'm Father Chris Decker, joined by the inimitable Kathleen Lee. I am a sea inimitable. Sea inimitable? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Olivia. Yeah, thank you. The At unrepeatable. This time. Oh. The unrepeatable Olivia Galino. Jeff Blackwell is up on the Jeff Star 1. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we're glad he is. Just and a moment the, to bask in Jeff. The yeah. sweet dulcet tones of Jeff. That's true. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and with Father on the Farfisa, of course. Of course, yeah. indeed. Yeah, it's one exactly. of my favorite words because it's got double Fs, Farfisa. <laughs> and Ed's uh, running the video as well. So we were talking about uh, sanctified time. Yep. And we, we got into a good bit of why time is sanctified. But let's dig a little bit deeper into um, what we're doing in the midst of those liturgical seasons. So mm. we know that, that we have Advent and Christmas and Epiphany and Lent and Easter and Pentecost. But every month actually has a particular devotion to it. Yeah. And and so um, we thought maybe we'd try to kind of get through the 12 here, uh, 12 months uh, briefly. Talk about the week. So like there's a mini Holy Week every week. Yep. And then we've talked about this before when we speak about the Liturgy of the Hours, but there's even a sanctification of the day. Mm-hmm. And then how that really... Um, you know, works into how we live our lives. Yeah. And so uh, January, the, the month right now, is the Feast of the Holy Name of Jesus because the, that particular feast day takes place in the month of January. Yeah. And so the entire month is given over to meditating upon the Holy Name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so often, in fact, I heard it today, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe in the sacristy, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I heard the name of our Lord used and I went, mm, I don't know that that was a blessing, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so uh, to be able to, to concentrate all month long on January uh, to invoke his name as as a blessing, right? right? Mm-hmm. And and not as a curse or as, you know, vainly, right? right yeah. How beautiful. And yeah. to remember, too, that, um, you know, the name of Jesus comes from Yeshua, mm-hmm. right? Which means he who saves, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So he is the savior. It, it's, you know, Joshua is, comes from the same word. So he's the one who leads us into the eternal promised land. And that's mm-hmm. not a name to be taken lightly. That's yeah. right. Exactly. And, you know, one of the things I find during the Mass, and I don't know about y'all, but uh, but there are so many times during the Mass when something hits me um, in the midst of the readings or something, mm-hmm. and, and the only word that kind of comes to my mouth in prayer is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I think sometimes we need a little permission to to um, to maybe be a little, a little uh, you know, off script mm-hmm. in Mass. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't I wouldn't yell it out in the midst of the yeah, liturgy, but right. but to be able to take his name and place mm-hmm. it on your lips, huh? Um, it's very you know, Byzantine. It is very Byzantine, yeah. exactly. And and whenever a child was learning the Torah, so uh, I think when a child learned, turned eleven or twelve, he began to be allowed to read the Torah in the Jewish community. And as he would read those words of the Torah with his father, a little bit of honey would be placed on his lips mm-hmm. so that his first reading of the Torah. Mm-hmm would would be aligned with this sweetness and so to be able to use the name of the lord with sweetness Mm -hmm. you know even during the mass when something hits you it's the it's the eternal word who's hitting your heart and Mm -hmm. so to be able to give it a name it's his name yeah he is the eternal word Mm -hmm. Uh, and so the month of january is a good time to 
to pay attention to that. February uh, is the Feast of the Holy Family. Yes, indeed. And uh, it's very important to note that that uh, the earthly family, right? Mm -hmm. Father, mother, child, or children, please, children, uh, is is supposed to be a, a reflection of the Holy Trinity, Yeah. right? The love of the Father for the Son, the love of the Son for the Father, and the love between the two in the Holy Spirit, that's supposed to be imaged in the love between husband, wife, and children. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we forget that too, because in so many ways in our modern world, the family is just kind of a contractual arrangement, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is why if it don't work, we, we, re, we reboot it and we start over. Mm -hmm. And yet that's why the Lord also says it was because of the hardness of your hearts that yeah. Moses allowed you a bill of divorce. But in the beginning, that's not the way it was. Yeah. And oh, yeah. So, we've had many discussions of this is it. Yeah, this is it. That's right. Yeah. 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 Like, that's right. I hope you're yeah. happy. Yeah. Because even if you aren't, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. and, and that's also why I'm so um, uh, adamant about about forming holy families in my parish, but also about my priesthood. This is forever. Like this doesn't yeah. change, you know, yeah. I'm called to be a father forever, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, that doesn't change. And so to be able to take a, a month and reflect upon the role of mm -hmm. my family as the foundational unit of society in the church, that's actually one of the ways we mark time mm -hmm. as, yeah. as Catholics. Yeah. Uh, March, of course, the year of St. Joseph. The month, oh, of Saint Joseph. the month of St. Joseph. The March of St. Joseph? The month of St. Joseph. You said the year. Oh, what is the year? Yes, But March would be the month of St. Joseph. We march into it. You yeah. know what? I love that like, the month of St. Joseph comes. Obviously, his feast day is in that month, um, yep. his solemnity. But I love that it comes in March, which is just that type of that time of year where like you're, you've really you've probably thrown off any kind of like newness or resolution <laughs> and maybe like some acedia is like kind of settling mm -hmm. in um acedia maybe. by the way is that dangerous form of slothfulness where you become yeah. immobile yeah. and uh lacking inertia yeah mm -hmm. the the noonday devil the noonday devil mm -hmm. like what happens yeah. after you eat a big italian lunch that's usually that that can mm -hmm. be acedia on the other side of it anyway keep going yeah but i just i i, I think there's such a wisdom in the fact that it's saint joseph who is not only you know the terror of demons, mm -hmm. um, but he's the favorite. model. Oh yeah, <sighs> but he's the model of everything that Acedia and like that kind of slothful, like yeah. um, self-referential mm -hmm. or navel-gazing behavior, um, like spiritually speaking, like he's everything that that is not. You mm -hmm. know, and so it's such like a remedy against that particular like kind of spiritual struggle that's right yeah. exactly and and so it is in march which is usually somewhere around the, the beginning of lent or maybe yeah. like right after right in the kind of smack dab in the middle depending on how it falls uh, it's a solemnity it's a day that you can eat meat if it falls yeah. on a friday it's a big uh you 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 crank up the gloria at mass yeah. you know it's one of those days in which we are allowed to rejoice yeah. because saint joseph protects us by his prayers and and uh, we invoke him in the month of march april is dedicated to the blessed sacrament um of course because uh, you you please i'm sure you know this but um i might be preaching to the choir here and that's okay mm -hmm. yeah but the Blessed Sacrament is the source of the church's power because because the Blessed Sacrament, the Eucharist, is Christ. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so if we if we do not have the Blessed Sacrament in our churches, if we do not have uh, devotion to the Eucharist, then we do not have devotion to Jesus. Yeah. And there are many times in many ways nowadays that the Eucharist is, is continually under attack yeah. and is continually um, being defamed and defaced. And so we are given an entire month in April 
to focus in closely on the Blessed Sacrament and allow the church to guard the Blessed Sacrament. And by the way, you and I are members of the church. We are the ones who who are standing at the water coolers of secular life Mm -hmm. and called to defend the Eucharist. I mean, I've had to do it as a priest, but I know as a layperson, people make fun of the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and in fact, it, just in comment boxes alone, yeah. uh, it, it makes my blood boil. Yeah, you yeah. Know? exactly. Yeah. And so for over 2000 years, she has guarded this treasure and it's being administered to the faithful. Um, my parishioners can tell you, I guard the Eucharist mm-hmm. like a hawk. And thank you for that. Because, because this is the source of the church's power. It's not her influence. It's not her prestige. It's not her money. Yeah. It is the blessed sacrament. Mm-hmm. The most important thing in our church is in the tabernacle. It is yeah. Jesus mm-hmm. in sacramental form, veiled by the sacrament. So April is when we we take time to to discern that more mm-hmm. deeply. Of course, May um, bring flowers of the rarest, yes. bring yeah. flowers of the fairest to Mary. Mm-hmm. Mary um, is is the the month that we devote is May uh, to Mary. Um, and in fact, it's mainly because of all of the ways that we think about springtime. Mm-hmm. You know, the m- month of yeah. May is usually when the flowers are definitely in full bloom and my allergies are as well. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, that we that we take time to contemplate the, the mother of the Lord. Yeah, this is those are some of my favorite um, solemnities to some, you know, my favorite celebrations when it has to do with Mary. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, the, the May crowning is such a beautiful thing especially when you're in you know in a school setting you know i remember um when i was in elementary school we'd all bring flowers yep. you know some people would go to like you know the florist and yeah and, like know, fancy flowers. and i'd bring them like you know a magnolia that i could barely keep together yeah. wrapped in you know foil, wrapped foil. In foil paper, yeah. and a paper towel and i just oh, like throwback hmm. and it was great because you got they brought all the flowers up and they're like i was like there's my that's for you mary yeah. that's for you <laughs> you know yeah and so that was such like and i remember just you know as a child just being very proud of being, that offer. yeah being yeah. even you know even though i didn't you know, I, I couldn't make the connection then, mm-hmm. but be, but but being very proud that 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 you know dilapidated magnolia <laughs> because it was the one that was the lowest hanging was that was for her, yeah. you know, um, and and just what a cool thing. And that's yeah. the the beauty of of our childhood too is it begins to build that muscle memory, yeah, so that we that we fall in love with Mary, yeah. Um, at first, I mean, if you think about how we form human relationships, we don't know all the ins and outs of love. Mm-hmm. But we begin to imitate what we see. We begin mm-hmm. to imitate uh, the culture that we take in. And so to be able to offer uh, Our Lady, the which is, she's personified in a statue. Remember, we don't worship statues because sure. who in their right mind would, would bring a flower to a statue and expect yeah. anything in return, yeah. you know? Yeah. But to bring a flower to Our Lady who is, uh, who, whose image we see. Yeah. So that because that's a window to her. Yeah. Um, that is what begins to build devotion and build love. Yeah. yeah. So we do that in May for Mary. And I love that you get to kind of do in a physical way what we do in the rosary. You know, yeah. like was it Saint Louis roses, de Mont? Yeah. Was it Saint Louis de Montfort that says like every Hail Mary is like a, a rose mm-hmm. in the the crown that you yeah. give Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, in a different little, color based on are they you know sorrowful are they joyful? Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, it's like we get to physically bring flowers, yeah. just like we bring them to our moms when mm-hmm. we're kids. You know, That's right. um, even if all we think we have to offer are weeds. That's yeah. right, exactly. And she will say, "Oh, that's, those are beautiful. Did you yeah. pick those for yeah. me?" You know, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Uh, June, we kind of shift from Our Lady's heart to Our Lord's. So in mm-hmm. June, we we really like we just we focused on the holy name of Jesus in January, mm-hmm. and in the month of uh, of June, we focus on the Sacred Heart mm-hmm. of Jesus. Yep. 
And uh, and this, of course, is is very beautiful because we sometimes we forget about the the love of Jesus's heart for us, you know. Yeah. And so this is a month to really kind of dig down deep and see that the heart yeah. that's that's wounded for us doesn't stop loving. Yeah, feel the flesh. That um that the the Sacred Heart of Jesus and maybe the past year or two has has stalked me mm. <laughs> and i was like i don't know why like i don't know why this is all right and so i you know dove more into it in prayer and devotion but it's you know um that's my birthday month i'm just really putting those two oh, together yeah, but there you go. uh yeah it's like you know I, that's what i love about these devotions and these things that you know is that they they stalk us sometimes they do and the lord's like you yep. look look into that yeah <laughs> about <laughs> about know? a year before my ordination the sacred heart of jesus followed me around everywhere yeah. everywhere mm. yeah yeah. And yeah, it's actually the the one for July, the precious blood of Jesus that yeah. for the past couple of years has been kind of following me around because yeah. I I don't know that I ever really knew that that was like a separate devotion until maybe 5 years ago. And like the more I learned about it mm-hmm. and like how like it's the blood of Jesus that that saves and it's the blood of Jesus that has like eternal life. Yeah. You know, like the more I was able to kind of enter into that and I just was i don't know like flabbergasted by it and i still am you know yeah yeah i love that i mean like but these are those things that i think as as a not run of the mill but you know as a lot of catholics don't know that that there are these things that we have devotions to and you know that these are not just things that we you hear in a prayer every once in a while but you know these are you know especially with devotions that follow us around mm-hmm. you know it's it's the way the lord is inviting us into into an, another part of him yeah you know another experience with him and and these are great things to be aware of when we're talking about time you know if you never knew that these were the things that, that these months were dedicated to you know that's why it's so important you know when we talk about time to be intentional as well Mm -hmm. is to know these things and to write them down and on the top of your calendar you know or you know in your phone write you know you know march comes around month of saint joseph Mm -hmm. so every day it pops up and it's saying okay a lot of your church calendars will have those yeah yeah you know and and you know to to, you know we're talking about i just made a calendar of all the the same i know there's there are probably several that you can buy but you know, all the saint feast days Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know, you never like it's you, you're, I'm floored at how many, not coincidences, Mm -hmm. right. But intentional things the Lord places within a feast day where I'm like, why is this on my, Oh, because it's the feast of the saint, Mm -hmm. you know, or, Oh, because it's this month and I didn't even remember or realize, you know, to be intentional about your time is important. And that's why, you know, when we're talking about these, these devotions, um, the church is intentional That's yeah. right. and we have to be intentional as well. If, if we're going to, you know, you know, implement that in our lives, if we're going to grow from it, if we're going to experience something mm-hmm. from it, you know, be intentional in our prayer, be, you know, when it has to do with the yeah, themes. And, and if you think about it, I often talk about the church as a treasury, right? The, mm-hmm. the articles of our faith, the deposit of faith as a treasury from which we can draw. This is part of that treasury where, yeah. where again, God doesn't want us to be without tools. He doesn't want us to be right. without helpful yeah. instruments for our salvation. St. Paul tells us we're supposed to work out our salvation in fear and trembling, but we don't do that unjoyfully. Yeah. We don't do that without help, right? Yeah. And so the sacraments are helps. 
But the sacramental of time, of being able to sanctify time, is also part of that great treasury. And so that's yeah. why we have these themes for the month. Yeah. And we didn't just come up with them like last week because it, you know, people are journaling now. No, right. this is something that yeah. that the time honored tradition of the church has yeah. brought about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Were we in August? Yeah. Um, I don't we're getting to August. Off. Yeah, we're, we're entering August. So. Okay, so uh, and we'll we'll, uh, we'll move through them because we're yeah. almost at a show time here. Yeah, so so go. yeah, so the Immaculate Heart of Mary would be the the month of August. Mm-hmm. So we we concentrate on on Mary in, in general in May, but her yeah. heart most specifically, the heart that again is wounded for love, mm-hmm. right? Is is a victim of love. We get to meditate upon her, uh, who is our life, our sweetness, and our hope. Huh? Yeah. The, the Hail Holy Queen. Uh, September. We meditate a little bit more on Mary's heart by considering her sorrows. Mary, yeah, yeah. why is your heart so sorrowful? And so we meditate upon the seven sorrows of Mary. In fact, if you've never done that and looked at the, the seven kind of little stations of Mary's sorrow, uh, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing yeah. to do. And if you think about it, I mean, September, you know, the, the, the wheat is, uh, is beginning to be harvested. The sugarcane yeah. is beginning to be harvested down here in Louisiana. And so there is this changing of the seasons, mm-hmm. which yeah. there's a whole nother show we could have on rogation days and mm-hmm. ember days and, and oh, how yeah. we mark the church's year uh, in, in an agrarian sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but as, as everything begins to be harvested and, and pulled up for the winter, yeah. we, we allow our hearts to be kind of pulled at, right? Yeah. By meditating upon the sorrows of Mary, and yet she continues to walk that way of the cross mm-hmm. with her son. Yeah. Um, October, we continue, in a sense, to themed with Mary as we, as we meditate upon the Holy Rosary. So um, you'll note uh, oftentimes it's in month of May and month of October in your church parishes that if you don't say the rosary before Mass, all of a sudden you might note that it's being said. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so in October, um, we, we most especially concentrate on those roses to Our Lady because to meditate upon the mysteries of the rosary is to meditate upon the life of Christ. Yeah. yeah. Because every, every prayer in the rosary is really Mary kind of walking along with Jesus. Yeah. And everything is always oriented towards his life. And I always like to meditate in the mysteries of like how Our Lady is seeing these yeah. these things through her eyes. Yeah, you know? I picture it as like when a mom like kind of crouches down next to her child yeah. to like show them how to you know write a certain letter mm-hmm. or how to you know do something that they're trying to do on their own and maybe fumbling at. Like that's what we do when we pray the rosaries. We mm-hmm. we ask Mary to crouch down and to kind of show us the way to point and help us yeah. to see. W- this mystery through her eyes, through her perspective in a way that's going to help us to grow. Yep. November, uh, we pray for the souls in purgatory. Of course, uh, November is the the month of all saints, but it's also the month of all souls Mm -hmm. where we pray for those who may still be um, uh, in purgatory, who Mm -hmm. may still be um, atoning for the effects of uh, of their sinful activity and that and like father i've never heard that before but no i mean we do we have to make a, amends for yeah, yeah. the effects of our wickedness mm-hmm. and so while the sins are forgiven we still have to atone for them and so that's what purgatory within the church's treasury within her understanding is and so we pray especially for all the souls of our loved ones who who may still be going through those purifying fires yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. I don't really hear much about this anymore because we like to skip over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We think the church doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. Or because the world in which we live is kind of heavily influenced by, by Protestant theology that didn't come online until the 1500s, mm-hmm. that that doesn't exist. Yeah. 
Well, it, it does. It's been a part of the church's lived experience, and, and really it's been a part of, of Judeo-Christian heritage. It's been part of the, the Jewish history since well before the Maccabees, right? Yeah. Uh, Judah Maccabee didn't just kind of come up with it, mm -hmm. but there was this notion of, of making atonement for the ones who are being purified. Yeah. So we, we give November over to that, mm -hmm. you know? Um, in fact, uh, Padre Pio talks a great deal about the importance of us praying for the souls in purgatory. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, December. It's a it's interesting how many of these months are devoted to Our Lady. I know. And yeah. so, in December, we we meditate upon the Immaculate Conception. We meditate upon that great, great feast, uh, whereby our Lord preserves Mary free from a stain of original sin, so that she can be that fitting and beautiful, yeah. um, spotless vessel for yeah. our Lord. And mm -hmm. of course, uh, all of that is wrapped up within the Christmas mystery mm -hmm. as well, and Advent, etc. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Mm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it makes me think like, um, you know, as we're talking about the time that the church, you know, dedicates and, and being intentional, um, like, you know, as I, as, just, as I was saying earlier, like, um, you know, when we miss these these things that the church celebrates, because I guarantee you that, you know, it, what, why not guarantee you? I could tell mm -hmm. you, I do guarantee you because until I was studying theology, there were parts of the, this, you know, and, and, you know, what really went into the church calendar mm -hmm. and all that I didn't, I had no idea about, yeah. Yeah. but it made me really look at like, where do I spend my time? You know, and we could talk, you know, for days about we could break down the week and, you know, and the day and, and liturgy, the hours and, you know, and, and what that looks like. But really, like, where where am I spending my time yeah. and what am I spending my focus on and my dedication to, you know, am I taking time with Jesus right. or am I just kind of, well, wasting time? Yeah. Well, how many you times know? do you hear? I mean, I'm sure, Father, you hear this all the time, but like how many times do we hear somebody get upset because mass took more than 45 minutes. Yeah. You know, that's like what, I think I looked it up like 168 hours in a week. Mm -hmm. And you know, we, we get all, you know, for those, for those that do go to mass, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, because there, there are, yeah. let's be very honest people. There are many, many Catholics who don't even give the hour, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And, and so what are we filling our time? And maybe that's the question to reflect on is what are you spending your time on? Yeah. yeah, you know, Olivia and I were talking before the before the show. Like, how many times have I left something early to get to another something late? Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, and that's we're constantly, constantly, constantly on the go. Yeah, but you know, if you if you get into the rhythm, right, of the church's liturgical year of the week of the day, how we how the church dedicates that time intentionally. Right. There's time for rest. Mm -hmm. There's time for contemplation. There's time for, you know, feasting and being all excited and busyness, not busyness, but, you know, yeah. a lot of stuff going on. Um, but, you know, is our own life reflecting that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, what I love most. Yeah. <laughs> Thank for you. Real. Kind That's so. correct. Yeah. <laughs> and what I love most about like the church's very detailed concern for time yeah. is that she recognizes that we are people of routine mm -hmm. and that we need to cycle and come back to things. Right. And so the way that we live like a mini Holy week every week, yeah. the way that my day morning, noon and night has different like moments for prayer. Like that is a way of um, kind of giving our lives the structure that we crave. And it doesn't just come from me. Yeah, you know? that's right. Exactly. You know, I guess I should be mindful of the time because we could talk well to the top of the hour about this. Yeah. But uh, but we do need to take a little bit of time because, you know, it's a new year, new us. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and but we want to go back to that famous part of the show that we like to call 
the CU Pick of the Week. Yeah, you remember the CU Pick of the Week. Yeah, Yay. so we thought we'd do a quick one really quick. Uh, hey, Olivia, why don't you start us off this January? Okay, uh, so my Pick of the Week <laughs> is... Thank you. My gift. Uh, my pick of the week is um, so a new kind of news Catholic news organization called The Pillar. Okay. Um, if you were familiar with the or are familiar with the, the work of Catholic news agency, um, J.D. Flynn used to be their editor, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then Ed Corden was one of their like um, staff writers, canonists. Um, and so they have teamed up to form this kind of, it's very, it's nonpartisan, um, but it's a way of looking at what happens in the church and in the world um, from a Catholic perspective. And they're incredibly thorough mm-hmm. in um, their presentation of sometimes really difficult topics. Yeah. Um, but and I like give you, that. I like to get yeah. some in-depth thing because Ed Condon yeah. is a canon Condon. lawyer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they almost to the point of being exhausting, give you detail and give you resources and give you primary sources. Um, So I really, you know, you can subscribe to them. It's a free thing or a paid thing. Um, But yeah, I really encourage that. Thepillarcatholic.com. All right. Excellent. Kathleen. I got for Christmas a ultrasonic jewelry cleaner. Now, um, I used to have to go into my mom's bathroom and she had this like screw top thing with some formula in there and it smelled horrible you stick your jewelry in there and like shake it all around this is awesome you stick it in some water and then it like for like and it shakes all the dirt off it ultrasonics it is phenomenal i just i i you know i cleaned my uh my cross necklace and the middle little diamond was like black i took it out and it was like I thought I was in the jewelry store. Oh. It was awesome. The specific one I got was is from uh, it's called Yukoki. I'm gonna pretend I pronounce that right, uh, but <laughs> sure, I'll put sure, a, a link not. to the show notes. But you can find any. It's just an ultrasonic. They're like twenty something bucks, twenty thirty bucks. They're awesome. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Hey, hey, Jeff, uh, you got a pick of the week over there? Yes, a Louisiana company based in Baton Rouge, but they are worldwide. PreSonus oh, yeah. has a new product called the Revelator. Ooh. It's a uh, podcast mic, a USB mic, but it's got several different polar patterns. Oh. It comes with um, uh, like a little package of different uh, software patches that you could use for different effects. And hmm. it is loaded, uh, you know, for a um, uh, for a measly price of like 180 bucks and that's retail you can yeah. find it cheaper than that that's wow that's anyway really check nice. it out and we got uh, a link in the show notes for you yeah everybody likes a good podcast mike these days especially because everybody seems to be streaming and podcasting mm-hmm. these days you know uh, i suppose that's both a blessing and a curse in, yeah. in these uh, strange times in which we live yeah is that everyone has discovered that they have a stream button attached to their youtube mm-hmm. account you know yeah so but true. but it's neat too because for folks like us who work in media yeah uh it it, it kind of drives down the price of some of these things well, and yeah. then also gives Boy. us uh, updated technology which is kind of cool too yeah. so so that's cool yeah what's your pick of the week my pick of the week is a book that uh it, I, i've really been kind of tearing my way through but trying mm-hmm. to slow down you have to have a book that's so good that you try to kind of um, yeah. you know yeah. ration it a little mm-hmm. bit this is yeah. saint joseph and his world mm-hmm. by mike aquilina with a forward by scott Hahn, so you know it's got to be good and it talks about the world in which saint joseph was living mm-hmm. and one of the really cool things that i like about it thus far is he's talking about how how joseph uh, he's contraposing joseph to herod oh. right because joseph is the true descendant of david Herod was a fake descendant of David. He was was placed by the Romans into the throne, if you will, of David as Mm -hmm. as the king of of Jerusalem. 
but Joseph actually was rightly in the in the royal line of David. Mm. And and so he's making kind of all these neat little um these neat little contrapostos as well. Adding to um, cart. And indeed. And and then also how um how even the town that uh that Jesus grew up in in Nazareth all the people in that town knew the Messiah was going to come from there. Mm-hmm. Because as they came from the Babylonian captivity, out of the Babylonian captivity, and were settling um, to try to, to to await the Messiah, their whole town's reason for being was to wait for the Messiah, and he was going to come from either this town or this town. Mm-hmm. And so really fantastic. Wow. Very short, very yeah. thin little book, but mm. action-packed. Mm. Uh, St. Joseph and His World by Mike Aquilina. We'll make sure we mm. put that in the show notes. As well, well, I tell you, Jeff, uh, I've been I've been saying this part of of, uh, of the script, but it's so nice to have you back oh. with us again, so that you can read the uh, the plug. Oh, well, and it's a privilege to do that. As always, the Catholic Underground is made possible by viewers, listeners, prayer warriors, and benefactors just like you. Become an official Undergrounder today by going to CatholicUnderground.com/slash/donate. Uh, you can also help us out by letting others know about us. Remember to like us, heart us, and star us on your platform of choice. And um, if the podcasting service you use to listen to us has a review option, please consider saying something nice about us, will you? That's right, because before people hit the subscribe button, they usually look to see yep. what other people are saying. So, yeah, yeah if you can leave us an, a nice, nice, we'd like that as well, and uh, it's 2021, so uh, I've given over, because Kathleen and Olivia are officially members of the board, yep. I've given over the merch category to them. Yeah. Yes. So we may very Get well prepared. have merch this year. Let right? us know what you want. Yes, yes please, yeah. Let chat. us know in the back chat or let us know in the chat room. Our panelists have been Kathleen Lee at Kaylee626 on Instagram. Thanks, Kathleen. Yep. Anytime. Also, Olivia Galino, the .real.omg on Instagram and Twitter. Thank yeah. you, Olivia. Thank you all. Also, Jeff Blackwell, our technical director, at Jeff Blackwell Us. Thank you, Jeff. An absolute privilege, Father. Ed Ball is our video director. Jim Hayes is our research assistant with his crew in the lab. And you know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. You can find me online at Digital Catholic on Instagram and Twitter and just about everywhere else. Uh, You've been listening to The Catholic Underground. We're cutting through the noise so that you can find that still, small voice. I promise we're trying. And we'll see you next time.